Thank you. Please be seated. Thank you, Spirit of Grace, so much for leading us so capably in worship today and each Sunday. We appreciate your ministry among us. And, uh, you know, these guys, they meet every Wednesday to practice for probably an hour and every Sunday morning at 10 or a little after they're here to warm up and go through everything again. How about a little, uh, a little love for the band this morning, shall we? Yeah, thank you, guys. Today we get to continue our sermon series on Journey to the Cross and our study of the Gospel of Mark. And today our passage is Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 41. In my Bible, the section is entitled Gethsemane, and you're probably familiar with this passage. Let me read it to you. They, that is Jesus and his disciples, went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that, if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that, we will, so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more, Jesus went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found the disciples sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look! The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Lord, come and speak to us. Amen. What would it be like to know that you are about to die? That your life on earth will soon be over? What would you be thinking? What would you feel? Would you be fearful, anxious, anguished? Would you be faithful, calm, at peace? Who would you like to have around you in those final moments? What would you do in those final days or hours or minutes? Occasionally, a person has the somber awareness that their life is about to end, that they only have a short time left on earth. They may be dying of a disease, fighting to, to hang on. They may have incurred a fatal wound, gasping for breath. 
They may be trapped in a lethal situation with no way out. They may be an inmate on death row. The accounts of persons facing their final moments are varied. Some face their final moments with great peace and and faith, and others face their final moments with protest and, and, and fear. But no matter how spiritual you may be, no matter how secure your faith is, no matter how strong you may be as a Christian, it is only human nature to experience anguish at life's end. For the human spirit and body do not want to give up. It is in our human nature to to fight for life. Today's passage offers us a rare glimpse into the life and feelings of the very human Jesus just hours before His death. His capture and crucifixion are imminent. He is about to die a horrendous and torturous death by cross crucifixion. And He knows it. Jesus is well aware of what is about to happen to Him. And we see Him now praying to the Father in the garden of Gethsemane. His soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Luke tells us he was sweating drops of blood. The entire scene happens in a place known as what we call the garden, or it's an orchard, of Gethsemane. Literally, Gethsemane in Hebrew, which means literally oil press. It was a place where heavy pressure, usually heavy stones, were applied to olives to squeeze the oil out of them. Gethsemane. But on this day, the pressure is being applied to Jesus. Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 41 are a picture of at least four things. Firstly, it is a picture of the pain Jesus felt. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John, remember his inner three. He took them along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled, says the Scripture. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, said Jesus. Now stay here and keep watch. We often, we normally think about the physical pain and torture that Jesus suffered through his crucifixion. The beating, the whipping, the scourging, the cross. But let us not forget, there is a very real emotional, mental, and spiritual component to Jesus' suffering also. And the scene in the Garden of Gethsemane reminds us of that. Jesus is in anguish, distressed, troubled, overwhelmed with sorrow. There is no avoiding or minimizing it. This is the human Jesus struggling with very real human emotions in the face of pending death. Do you ever struggle with difficult emotions? You're not quite sure how to handle all that stress. The grief 
the loss of a loved one, perhaps, the frustrations and disappointments of, of life. Maybe you feel a deep sadness. You struggle to manage feelings or, of, of anger or rage or, or hopelessness or depression. And you too feel pressed, pressed down, overwhelmed, maybe even to the point of, of death, overwhelmed with sorrow. You can't sleep at night. You get no relief, no peace. And what I want to say to you this morning is, congratulations, you're human. Join the human race, the rest of us. It's okay to feel sadness and grief and emotional pain and struggle. It's okay to, to feel mad and angry and stressed and distressed at times. Jesus did. Who are you to think that you won't have similar feelings on this earth? Feelings themselves are not a sin. It's what we do with them that matters. How do you deal with difficult emotions? How do you deal with negative feelings? Do you try to suppress them? Cover them up? Medicate them? Escape through some vice? Or do you acknowledge them? Can you accept them? Do you give yourself permission to be human and to have a bad day once in a while? It's okay. Do what Jesus did. Pray about whatever's troubling you. Bring your feelings to God. Release them. Jesus understands your difficult emotions and your painful feelings too. Hebrews 4.15 tells us, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our weaknesses. No, we have one who has been tempted and tried in every way just as we are. Jesus knows how you're feeling. He knows those negative emotions that you deal with. Jesus was human, and so are you. It's okay. Gethsemane is a picture, first and foremost, of the pain Jesus felt. Number two, Gethsemane is a picture of the prayer Jesus prayed. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. Going a little further, he fell, off, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. He tells his disciples to keep watch and pray also. Jesus is disappointed. They couldn't even stay awake to pray. Once more, Jesus went off and prayed. Happened three times. What is Jesus specifically praying for? Abba. Father, we transliterate daddy, daddy. It's, a, it's, a, it's an expression of intimacy. A child and his father crawling up into your daddy's lap when you're little. Jesus is saying, daddy, daddy, hear my cry. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Your will be done, not mine. Is Jesus trying to get out of his task? Was he having second thoughts about carrying the cross? I don't think so. 
I think what we're looking at today is the very human side of Jesus. In his agony, in his anguish, he's being bold. It's okay to pray bold, specific prayers. Lord, take this away if it's possible. Maybe there's another way, Lord. Have we thought of everything? Perhaps there's, I don't, maybe I don't have to do this after all. Jesus is not looking forward to this. What is the cup? Take this cup from me. What? I got a whole cupboard full of mugs. What's Jesus talking about? Cup, take this. I don't like this cup. No. It is the cup of God's wrath toward our sins that Jesus is going to drink. He's going to accept that and receive that wrath upon himself in our place, in your place. It's a cup of suffering. It's the cup of the weight of the sins of the world that Jesus is about to ingest and receive into his own life, into his own body, in fact. Imagine for a moment that we could add up all of your sins for one day, that there was a way to kind of measure, we could put them into matter or mass in some way. Uh, All of your sins for one day. Would they fill up a, a glass, a drinking glass? How about a bucket? A five gallon pail? A wheelbarrow? Come on, I know some of you. You got a wheelbarrow going. No, just kidding. Probably a truckload, right? Now imagine that we could collect all of your sins, not just for one day, but for 365 days, an entire year. How much sin would that be? Several wheelbarrows, pickup truck, dump truck, maybe a semi load. Now imagine we could add up all of your sins for your entire lifetime. Wow, that might be enough to fill up several semis, maybe enough to fill a stadium. Maybe the Unidome would be filled with your sin. Now imagine all the sins for a lifetime of everyone in the world. Eight billion plus people and all of their sins. How many dump trucks? How many semi-loads? Probably fill up the Grand Canyon several times over, right? But don't stop there. Now imagine all of the sins of everybody in the world and everybody who has ever lived throughout time in history, from the beginning of time and to those to the very end of time until Jesus returns. We don't even know when that's going to be for sure. But uh, imagine all of the sins for an entire lifetime for all the people, not just who are living now, 8 billion, but for all of those who have ever lived, probably be enough to fill up an ocean. This is the cup of wrath. This is what Jesus is taking on himself. He's not just dreading dying. He's dreading taking upon himself all the sins of the world. And because of that, he's dreading the separation that that means between him and a holy father. We just sang about it. This holy God who cannot accept any sin He will turn his back on Jesus at that point when Jesus himself becomes the sin offering, becomes sin for you and me. You remember from the cross, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
Because at that moment, he was sin. He was our sin. He was your sin and mine. He was the sins of all in this world, everyone. And our holy God had to turn away for a moment. But getting back to this prayer, Jesus says, look, if there's another way, that'd be great, Daddy. But Daddy, if there's not, if you can't take this cup from me, if this is what I must do, then I will do it. Not my will, but yours, Father. May yours be done. Can you pray that prayer? It's a difficult one. Because it means letting go. It means releasing it to God. You see, a lot of times when I pray and pray through struggles, I got it all figured out. I know exactly how God could fix this. Lord, we need to do this, 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 and that. And if you could do those things, Lord, why, everything would would fit nicely and this would be a, a wonderful solution for me. It's much, much harder to say, Lord, it's your will. I relinquish it. I'm letting it go. I'm laying it at the foot of Jesus. I'm laying it at the foot of the cross. I don't understand it all. It may not turn out exactly the way I want it to. But in the end, Jesus submits to the will of God, and so do we. And do you know what? God's will really is the best. His plan really is better than the one I had. God really does have your best interest in mind. We may not understand it. We may not like it in the moment. It may not make sense to our logical, finite human minds. You know, my prayers are usually, God, fix this. Get me out of this. Take away the pain. But how many of you know God uses pain to transform us into the image of Jesus? Amen? He can redeem pain. He uses pain. And God is saying, I think, I'm with you, my son. I'm with you, my daughter. What difficult situation do you need to relinquish? Not my will, Lord, but yours. Maybe it's a struggle at work. Maybe it's a struggle in your marriage. Maybe it's a struggle with your family or some friend, a relationship. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's a personal struggle, a battle, an addiction. Today, Jesus is saying, look, lay it down. Not my will, Lord, but yours. Come, have access into this place in my heart, in my soul, and change me and transform me. And Lord, I'm willing to let it go. And may your will be done, whatever that is. Because in the end, I'm your instrument. And you know what? It's so freeing to let it go. Okay, Lord, I don't have to carry around the weight of the world on my shoulders. Mark 14, 32 through 42 is a picture of the pain that Jesus It is a picture of the prayer that Jesus prayed. It is a picture of the problem of Jesus' disciples. Say it with me. The problem of Jesus' disciples. Jesus goes off to pray, tells his disciples in verse 34, stay here, keep watch. That means to pray. 
What happens? Jesus goes off. He prays for a while. He returns to his disciples only to find them what? Praying faithfully and fervently? No. Sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter. Notice he calls him by his old name. His pre-converted name, Simon. It was his old flesh that was rising up and taking place here. Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Come on. Jesus exhorts his disciples to pray again. Verse 38, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. This is a time of trial. This is an hour of testing. Need you to hang in there with me. Be tough. The spirit is willing, but the, the body is weak. So come on. Rise up. Jesus goes off to pray again. Later, he returns to his disciples and finds them sleeping. They failed Jesus again. Verse 40. They didn't know what to say to him. It's a little embarrassing. You know, another time, second time. The same thing happens still a third time. Verse 41. Returning the third time, Jesus said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? How frustrating this must have been for him. He had just invested three years of his life into these men. How disappointing. You know that disappointment. You're you're trusting somebody. You want somebody to come through for you, and they fail you. The disciples and Peter had just vowed in the previous passage we talked about last Sunday how they would never fall away. They would never deny Jesus. And here in the simplest test of just praying for a little while, they do just that. They fail Jesus in his hour of need. They can't even stay awake to pray and keep watch. What a sad commentary on our humanity, yours and mine. Because the truth is, you are no better. The problem of Jesus' early disciples is still the problem we have as disciples of Jesus today. Despite our good intentions, we tend to fall asleep. Maybe not literally, although sometimes we do that too. If somebody's just give them an elbow right now a minute, so... But metaphorically, we sleep. Through our apathy, with passivity, we sleep. Through the critical moments of life, unaware of our discipleship, that our love for Jesus is being tested in this hour. We doze off in our day-to-day spirituality. We put things on autopilot. We live by mindless routines and rituals, even in our faith. We put our growth, our Christian growth, into the hands of others. We rely on the pastor to feed us on Sunday mornings, but... We do very little to pick up the Bible during the week. And we fail to take responsibility to step up, to pray fervently. You mean well, we all do. I do, but the Spirit is maybe willing. Yeah, sounds good. I'm great. I'm with you. But the flesh is weak and it falls away. And we fail to get to that prayer meeting or small group or whatever it might be or just to open our Bible and have some quiet time with God each and every day. We let the busyness of this life sap our energy and distract us, and Satan steals our motivation. External evil forces threaten the church, and we are asleep. We're no different than those early disciples. And hear the exhortation of Scripture on this, friends. Romans 13, the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. And Ephesians 5, 14, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What a promise. Are you asleep at the wheel? 
It's time to wake up, friends, because our nation, our world is going through a difficult season of testing and trials and tribulations, and your faith and mine and that of Grace Church is being tested. May Jesus not find us sleeping. Prayer is one of our most powerful offensive weapons against the enemy. Do you know that? Prayer and Scripture, the two offensive weapons listed in Ephesians chapter 6. May we do better than those early disciples. We must do better. Next time there's a prayer gathering here, join us. This passage, it's a picture of the pain Jesus felt. It's a picture of the prayer Jesus prayed. It's a picture of the problem of Jesus' disciples, including you and me. And fourthly, it's a picture of the persistence of Jesus, your Savior. Say it with me. The persistence of Jesus, your Savior. Returning the third time, Jesus said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And throughout this entire saga, Jesus is resolute and he is determined to walk this road, to keep praying, to obey the Father's will, to journey to the cross, to die for you. Jesus is undeterred, unwavered by sleeping disciples, the pain and the agony that awaits him, the loneliness of this moment. Jesus is ready to follow the will of God all the way to death. He knows what his mission is. He was born to die. And he accepts this mission. The suffering and the torment that awaits him. Why? Why would Jesus do that? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. Because he loves you. That's why. Jesus is living his life for a higher purpose than his own, a greater cause. Mark 10, for the Son of Man, he said, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Friends, the fact is you are trapped. You are held hostage. You are in bondage to sin and Satan and the enemy until Jesus transforms your life. We're held in hostage. And Jesus comes along and he says, I'm going to pay the price. I'll be the ransom. I'll pay it with my own blood to set you free. That you could live forever with my father, with your Abba Daddy, our Father in heaven. So those who believe don't have to die. Because Jesus is your Savior and He walked that road undeterred without wavering so that you could live with God for all eternity. Somebody say amen. amen. He is the Lamb of God who takes away your sins. He is the Good Shepherd who guides you in paths of righteousness. He is the Savior of the world who died for His people. Gethsemane depicts the persistence of Jesus, our Savior. Praise God. Amen. What does it all mean for you? 
Gethsemane, Mark 14, these verses, a picture of the pain Jesus felt, a picture of the prayer Jesus prayed, a picture of the problem of Jesus' disciples, you and me too, and a picture of the persistence of Jesus, your Savior. This is Gethsemane, the place of pressure and testing, a place of prayer, a place to meet God. Let me ask you this question. What is your Gethsemane? What is your Gethsemane? What are you dealing with right now in your life? It's coming down on you. You feel the weight, the pressure. It's a struggle in your life. Maybe it's in your work relationships. Maybe you got a bad boss or a bad coworker. Maybe it's your family or friends or your spouse. Maybe it's a health issue, a personal addiction or struggle. It's your Gethsemane, friends. And it's pressing down on you. What do you do? We pray. We stand up in the test. It's a grace church going through Gethsemane, right? So what do we, what do, we do in times of pressure, times of stress? We're going to give in, give up? No way, no way. We might bend, but we're not going to break. Amen? Amen. We're going to rise up. You're going to rise up. We're going to do this together. We're going to stay true to our mission. We're not going to give in and concede. Jesus is expecting us to stay strong in this test, in this trial, in our Gethsemane, in your Gethsemane. May we do that. May we do that. May it be so. May it be so for all of us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today. We thank you for this, this passage today, which speaks to us deeply about the very human side of Jesus. Lord, forgive us when we give up, when we fail to pray, when our faith becomes rituals, routines, when we fail to take our deepest concerns and worries to you, even though you, you call us to do just that. You want to lighten our load. You're wanting to help us through. Sometimes we think we got to do it on our own. Forgive us, Lord. May we relinquish it to you. For this is our time of Gethsemane. But Lord, we're going to stand strong. We're going to keep praying. We're going to be watchful and alert. We're going to lay it before you and say, not my will, but yours be done, Father. Help us. Lead us. Save us, O oh God. In your holy name we pray. Amen. As we prepare our hearts for communion today,
Please meditate to the words of one of my favorite songs by Bebo Norman, My Eyes Have Seen Holy. Father, nourish us. 
May your tears of mercy weep over us and wash us clean. May you change us and transform us into your people. For your spirit is present in this moment. Come and live in us by your spirit. Make us temples of the glory of God. Amen. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said to his disciples, take and eat it. This is my body broken for you. When you eat it, remember me. In the same way, when they had finished eating, Jesus took the cup. And he said, this cup It is the new promise I make with you, sealed in my blood. When you drink it, remember me. You should have received as you entered into the sanctuary today a little, um, a little cup. And if you want to just crack that little uh, lid kind of push it up and down, kind of crack the seal, and then just kind of tease the clear cellophane off, exposing the wafer. If we would just take hold of that wafer, please. The body of Christ broken for you. Go ahead and take the foil now and just peel that back, exposing the, the juice. Carefully peel that off. The cup of blessing which we bless is the communion of the blood of Jesus Christ. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our iniquity, who heals all our diseases, who redeems our life from the pit, who crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He does not deal with us according to our sins, 
nor requite us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward us who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, and who will also give us all things with him. Therefore shall my mouth and heart show forth the praise of the Lord from this time on forevermore. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We welcome all who are visiting today. Always a joy to have visitors with us. Thank you for blessing our fellowship with your presence. Many announcements in the bulletin. A great Get Air event this past Wednesday with 28 kids. A great men's retreat this past weekend with 12 men. Thank you. Small groups are off and running. The Chosen series season two. Our Easter drama today is kind of a turning point. We need you to sign up if we're going to be able to carry this drama off, pull it off. Sign up today. Valentine's banquet coming, sign up for that. A fishnet teacher is needed while Nadia takes a maternity leave. Our Care Shepherds updated listing is in your mail slots. Thank you, Care Shepherds, for your faithfulness. Other sign-ups include Nadia's baby shower, nursery workers, and refreshments for Sunday. Let's pray. Oh God, oh how we need you. Oh how we need you. Every hour we need you. You are so good to us. You're so gracious with us. You're so patient with us. We don't deserve it. We have failed you. We have abandoned you. We haven't prayed. We haven't read our Bibles. Sometimes we can't even focus in worship. Forgive us, Lord. Convict us of sin in our lives and the need to change. The need to be tuned in to your spirit. And we thank you, God, for the sweetness of your spirit this very day. We thank you, Lord, for the grace that is abundant here through you, through each other. Grace Church, a church that is seeking to live up to our name, to our birthright. Be with those in need. Be with those who are sick. Be with those who are shut in, lonely. Refresh us and renew us by your Spirit. Thank you for a great youth group outing this past Wednesday for 28 kids, Lord. Work in their hearts and their lives and that of their parents. Maybe they will become the future of Grace Church. Thank you for our men's retreat, for your Spirit's presence there, and for the men who came and devoted their time and energy to being present, to receiving from you and your word a teaching, a challenge, an encouragement. 
Thank you for our small group series, for the vivid way in which Jesus and His disciples are, betrayed, are portrayed in this, in this series. Use it to spur us on to good deeds, to good works, to be more like Jesus, to deeper insights and deeper passion. Thank you, God, for all the many ways that we can serve you here at Grace Church. We give to you our Valentine's banquet. We give to you our Easter drama. We give to you our need for a teacher on Wednesday night. May your will be done. We want to keep going. We want to do these things. But we'll need you, your spirit in us, to provide, to work, to move us. Be with those in this nation who are struggling with harsh rains and flooding the West Coast. Be with men and women in uniform, not only here but abroad. May the United States still be an agent of peace and justice in our world. Forgive us our sins and bring revival to this land. As we turn to you, may we, even Grace Church, be a shining light in the darkness around us. Bring an end to the wars in this world, in the Middle East, in the Gaza Strip, in Ukraine. To that end, we pray the prayer you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please rise and join Spirit of Grace for a closing song of affirmation, a song of hope, a child of love. How many of you know you are a child of love? Amen? Let's sing about it. I was walking the wayside, lost on a lonely road. I was chasing the high life, trying to satisfy my soul. All the lies I believed in, let me cry in the rain. Then I saw lightning from heaven. And I've never been the same I'm gonna climb a mountain I'm gonna shout about it I'm a child of love Found a world of freedom 
I found a friend in Jesus. I am a child of love. I felt the sting of the fire, but I saw you in the flame. Just when I thought it was over, you broke me out of the dance. I'm gonna scream about it. I'm gonna shout about it. I am a child of love. I'm gonna shout about it. I'm gonna shout to Jesus. I am a child of love. Yeah. Oh. I am a child of love. Yeah. Oh, I am a child of Nothing can change the way you love me. Nothing can change the way I belong to you. Yes, I do. Nothing can separate. I'm gonna climb a mountain. I'm gonna shout about it. I am a child of love. I'm found a world of freedom. I found a friend in Jesus. I am a child of love. I'm gonna climb a mountain. I'm gonna shout about it. I am a child of love. I found a world of freedom. I found a friend in Jesus. I am a child of love. Yeah. Oh, I am a child of love. Yeah. Oh, I am a child of love. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. Jesus said, consider, or excuse me, James wrote, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This morning as I look out, I see some empty pews, and I wonder who you will reach out to this week, who might be sitting here next week, maybe a friend of Corey's, maybe a relative, who might be sitting here next week, maybe relatives of Tom and Cheryl, who might be sitting there, who knows, maybe over here, maybe there's some friends of you guys that could fill in these pews, 
Maybe I could invite someone or a few people from the Y. Maybe they would be sitting right here next week. Maybe there'll be some people up here, some friends of Rick and Kelly, some friends of Deb or Curtis. You catch the vision? Do you see what we're about here at Grace? Invite, include, inspire. Let's do it. We can do it. You can do it. Amen? Amen? You can do it. Don't be discouraged. May God bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You doing this today? Hmm? You doing that today? I'm doing this today. I am. I am. Oh, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> 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 